0: Quick heads up, this episode contains a little bit of strong language. Welcome, my name is Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a skill building podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we explore topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. In this week's episode, we're going to explore setup questions. But before we jump in, I have a question for you. Given the choice, would you rather be a bowling ball or a bowling pin? Chances are you said bowling ball. I'll bet you did because bowling pins are just there to be set up, to be knocked down, to be set up, to be knocked down, to be set up again, just to be knocked down by a bowling ball. That is no way to live. The bowling analogy is just like getting hit by setup questions. When hit, your entire conversation goes right down the gutter. If you had ever been in a conversation with a partner, friend, loved one, whatever, and suddenly you found yourself in the middle of an argument, you may have been set up. You may have encountered one of those setup questions and just fell for it. But it doesn't have to be that way. In this week's episode, we're going to scratch the surface on setup questions. It's going to be a two-part series because there is so much information. In this part one, we're going to go over what setup questions are and how to identify them. We're going to go over why people use them, and we're going to talk about what to do when you encounter a setup question. By the end of this episode, you will be able to sidestep the setup. Are you ready? Let's go. Communication altogether is tricky, right? There are so many factors that can go into it. Everything is communication, as I said before, right? Setup questions are even trickier, but there are a few distinct features of a setup question that can help you easily identify them. Now you might be thinking, Lee, questions are all over. How can I identify a setup question? Well, Setup questions have two distinct features. One, setup questions require an answer. Whoever asked you that question is going to wait until you answer it. Two, setup questions already have been answered. That's right, the question comes after the answer. Now, if you're anything like me, you're going to wonder why would anyone ask a question after it's been answered? Well, there are two reasons that I can think of. One, they didn't hear you. They missed the answer and they're looking for verification. Two, they heard you just fine, but they didn't like your answer. So they asked you again, hoping to get a different answer. And that answer is something only they know. It's up to you to figure it out. Let's hope that you get it right because you'll wish that you were somewhere else when you get it wrong. Responding to these setup questions is tricky because it's more about responding to what has not been said rather than what has been said. And that's why it's called the setup question. It puts you in a seemingly impossible position so you can get knocked down. Now, let's break that down. The reason why we ask questions like that is because it provides a little bit of safety. It provides an emotional security, right? These set of questions allow us to play with the language and make it so that we can gauge how someone might react to what we have to say or gauge how someone might react to what we feel. And if we put that out there, we can do that more easily with questions than we can with statements. Many people view statements as harsh, but questions aren't as bad. They're not as clear and concise as statements, but they're quote unquote more polite That's why our society makes such a big deal about asking these questions. Would you like to do this? Can you do that? When you really mean, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. But asking a question when you want to be clear about something is counterintuitive because the whole purpose of asking a question is to generate thoughts and ideas about the subject, about the topic. It is not to just process the information like a statement is. And that's why the message gets a little murky. It's indirect, it gets lost. The next thing you know, the person that asked you the question is upset because you didn't respond the way that they expected or wanted. And now you're upset because you thought you did the right thing and now you're not getting the reaction that you wanted. And now neither of you are listening to each other. You're just talking at each other, trying to get your point across. And when you find that you can't get your point across, you might start throwing in some insults and it could get ugly very quickly. But all that stuff can be avoided. I wish I had known that when I was dating in my 20s, yeah. I was dating my partner at the time for about a year. That night was a special night because I was going to meet their parents for the very first time. So, of course, I also wanted to make a good impression. I got my shirt pressed, so I wore a nice buttoned-up pressed shirt. I wore some shiny black shoes and I put on blue jeans because I wanted to be dressed up, but not too dressy. My partner doesn't see me get ready. They're in the shower. And I yell out to them, hey, I'm all dressed. I got what I need. I'm gonna sit out in the living room and wait for you. And they respond with, okay, cool. And I am really feeling myself. I'm telling you, I'm looking in the mirror, I'm smiling, I'm ready, I'm flexing. I'm like, boom, bow, ready to go. This is gonna be a great night. 30 minutes later, they come out. I'm like, mmm, mmm. they look good. I look good we're gonna have a good night. But they weren't feeling me. The first thing they said to me was, you're not gonna wear that, are you? And I'm crushed. Right after they said that, I get all in my head. I spent a lot of time and effort. I got my shirt pressed. I bought a new shirt. I'm angry. I feel annoyed. I feel dismissed. What's wrong with my outfit? Ugh. But we're supposed to have a good night tonight. So I changed my tone. I got out of my head. And I relaxed a bit, and I followed up with, what's wrong with what I'm wearing? And then they say, don't you think you should put something else on? No, what's wrong with you? We don't have time for this. And then they start about how I never listen to them, and I need to show them more respect. And at this point, I'm way past annoyed. Oh, good. It seems like they are too. Fuck this night. That good vibe is officially gone. You always think that you're right. You always have to have things your way. You're such a controlling, ugh. We're supposed to meet your parents in an hour. Don't tell me to shut up, you shut up. Now we gotta put some more fuel in this fire. Here come all the regular hits. You never support me. You're always against me. If you fake orgasms, then that's on you. At this point, I don't even know what I'm saying. Go ahead and call the cops. I'm not moving out, my name's on the lease. The conversation spiraled out of control so quickly that neither of us really even knew what hit us. It may seem extreme, but conversations can be that volatile, especially between romantic partners. I was set up, and both of us went down. Hello, my name's Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and this is a shameless plug for my YouTube channel. Yes, I have a YouTube channel now because I think it's going to be really great to show off exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to share some real life examples of some of these concepts in action. And I think that you'll really enjoy it if you've enjoyed this podcast so far. So go ahead and check that out on YouTube. You can find me at Patterns of Possibility. I plan to release a video every other week. That is, on the Tuesdays that I don't release a podcast, I will release a video on that Tuesday. Since I'm a little behind schedule, I've released the video today, as well as the podcast. So go ahead and check that out on YouTube. Just search for Patterns of Possibility and let me know what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. The question, are you going to wear that? Did exactly what it's supposed to do. It did exactly what questions do. That is, it generated thought, it generated ideas. It got my brain working. The first thought to come to mind was that, yes, I am gonna wear this. I already told you, you already acknowledged it. You said, okay, when I said I was gonna wait for you, you already know this. And then my brain went, well, if they already know the answer, then they must be wanting something else. This must be a trick. And I picked up on the tone that they had with it. And I thought, mm. They don't like what I'm wearing. And then out came the question. What's wrong with what I'm wearing? And my question went unanswered. They were slightly annoyed too, because I didn't answer their question. So they tried again. Don't you think you should change that? And now I'm even more annoyed. I'm already frustrated by the fact that they want me to change this perfect outfit that I put together. This perfect evening that I thought we were going to have. They're insisting that I change, but I don't know why. So no, right at this point, it's where it becomes really intense because neither of us feel like we've been heard or understood or respected at all in this situation because they asked me a question and I felt some kind of way about it. I got right into my feelings. I didn't even bother to acknowledge their question. I just put my emotional energy out there. So boom, we're heightening the emotional level right there. Then they are annoyed because I didn't answer their question, right? They're annoyed and they shoot back with another question, which annoys me even further. And I shoot back with my answer, which annoys them even further. With all that emotional energy flying around, the original topic got lost. And the fight transformed to, you need to understand me. You need to understand me. No, you need to understand. And then when we couldn't understand each other, we didn't take the time to understand each other, it became, all right, I'm going to hurt you and make you listen to me. And then we're like, ow, that hurt. I'll show you, I'm gonna throw some hurt at you too. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until we're completely exhausted. That entire scenario could have been avoided if either one of us knew how to handle that setup question. You might be surprised to know that dealing with these setup questions is simple, but it's not easy. The way to deal with setup questions is to just answer the question. Simple, but not easy especially if the question sparks some intense emotion within you. But it works if you just ignore your emotion, or put it away, hold on to it, don't let it seep out, and just answer the question. And when I say answer the question, I mean make a clear, concise, complete statement. Make it as short as possible and to the point. Under no circumstances, under no circumstances are you to ever answer with a question never ever answer with a question if you answer with a question it gives them the impression that you don't care about what they say that you are not interested you can't be bothered to even acknowledge what they say also answering with a question just brings more drama to the table because it introduces another topic another thought another thing that must be acknowledged Because the purpose of asking questions is to generate thought. It's a search for an answer to those questions. So you've got one in play already and now you're going to introduce another one. Right now, the topic at hand is what your partner was talking about. Answer that question, stick with the topic until it's done. That means don't ask any questions. Imagine that your conversation is like a tennis game. The ball is the topic, the serve is the question. The ball that we have in play is special though. After it's in play, the ball will keep bouncing until it has touched your racket the same amount of times as it's touched your partner's racket. That is, if you hit it once, they need to hit it exactly one time, and then the ball is out of play. Otherwise, if it's hit an odd amount of times, it is gonna bounce forever. All right, let's play. Your partner introduces a topic. You don't even bother to swing. Instead, you pick up your own ball to serve. That's not how the game is played. It's not your turn. And they don't bother to hit yours either. Hits the wall, hits the floor, hits the ceiling. Gonna add another one? Go ahead, ask another question. Now there's three, four, five, no eight. That's not enough? You want more? Both of you keep picking up new balls and putting them in the play, but no one is returning them. And the best part is that you're blaming your partner for all the chaos that's going on for all the balls that are bouncing for all the topics that are in play like you had nothing to do with it when you make a simple straightforward statement you're gonna find out if the question was asked just to get information just for their understanding or if the question was asked because there's some underlying emotional energy if it's number one great game over if it's number two Well, the game's not over just yet. You're gonna have to play a little longer, but stick it out because it's only one topic. It's not the chaos that it could be. You're gonna keep the emotional intensity down and have a conversation about what's really going on. You're gonna find out how they feel, what's the real issue and address that and make sure that you demonstrate that you understand their feelings. The way to end this game is to verify invalidate and when i say you win you win your conversations can bring you plenty of joy love and closeness because communication is not an adversarial game it's a team sport both of you should feel good you can have a conversation without raising your voice without calling each other names without trying to hurt each other you're not a bowling pin you're not something to be set up just to be knocked down. Make a statement and sidestep the setup. My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. I hope that you found today's episode interesting and insightful. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and also share this podcast with anyone you might think finds it interesting. If you're looking for more content, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and at my website, patternsofpossibility.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only. If you are having a medical emergency, please go to your nearest medical facility and explain to them that you would have been there sooner. If you hadn't been listening to this podcast, I'll see you next time. The next episode in this series, part two, is going to be released next week on Tuesday, November 10th, and then we'll move back to the regular biweekly schedule. Thank you for your patience and support.